Devotion for the Dying Mary's Call to Her Loving Children by Venerable Mother Mary Potter Continuing Chapter 7 What was next to the love of God in that heart of burning love, the heart of Mary? Love of mankind Love of those made to the likeness of God The people of this earth The sinful people Whom that heart yearned to save Break my heart was its cry But save my people Break my heart But spare my children God did with Mary as he does with us It was he who inspired the prayer And she was free to make that prayer or not God desired the offering of herself, and generously did Mary make it. It is the same with Christians now, as regards the offering God desires some chosen souls to make to Him, of devoting their whole lives to His service in a spirit of sacrifice, a spirit very different from that of the world around. He will not force their wills. Oh, no! He would have them offer themselves, as did our Lord, of whom it was said, He was offered because it was His own will. God invites us to do certain things for Him. But how differently from Mary do we act? How few generously respond? How few give themselves to Him with their whole hearts as He would have them? Mary's virginal heart was full of that spirit of sacrifice inspired by burning love by which the saints too in their measure were inflamed. She longed intensely to do good to others at any cost to herself. She would have drained her heart and poured out its treasure of stainless blood to have saved one soul. But she knew her blood, pure and spotless as it was, could not cleanse the slightest stain from off a soul. Her heart sent up its cry to heaven for the salvation of her people, and her heart's prayer was answered. The precious blood was that heart's satisfied desire. We might almost say it was an emanation of her heart. It was indeed precious as we know, because it was united to the eternal word, but the earnest desire of what that most precious blood would do had been first in the heart of Mary. Its very material had been first in her heart. Her heart had been its birthplace. The heart of Mary was the dwelling place of the Holy Ghost. It was He who inspired the holy desires of that heart. It was He who fashioned the first drops of the precious blood from the pure drops of her own heart's blood. It was from that heart that there sprang the human life of our dear Lord, the living stream of love that coursed through his veins and dropped as very drops of love when he hung upon the cross. Does God love that motherly heart? Above all the earthly works of God, and next to the beautiful creation of the sacred humanity, the motherly heart of Mary is the greatest creation, the most beloved work of the ever-blessed Trinity. Shall we not love it? Oh, come all, 
come and draw, as it were, your life from it, as did our Lord. Learn likewise this lesson, as you think how magnificently were fulfilled the desires of that heart. Ardently had the heart of that little virgin of Nazareth desired to do good, and see how its desires were realized. If you who read this feel a burning desire to do good, if at times you feel within a longing to devote yourself at any sacrifice to the work of saving the souls for whom Jesus died, cherish that thought. Let it not die within you. If the Holy Spirit has given you the good desire, be sure likewise that the means will be provided for you to execute it. For when God inspires us to pray for anything, it is a sign that He intends to give it. With the will to do good, how much good you could do! But as I have said before, God will not force your will. God's gifts are without repentance. He has ennobled the human race with the marvelous gift of free will. He will not withdraw it. If thou wilt be perfect, said our divine Lord to one who came to him. The young man to whom that was said should be a warning to all, should be an example especially to those who have at some time in their lives felt the same longing which was felt by him. He came to our Lord with a soul full of aspirings after good. Jesus looked upon him and loved him. How could our Lord not but love him? Was not the Holy Spirit within that soul, inspiring its holy desires? And must not God love himself? Have you never felt that look of love? How have you responded? Can you look upon the loving face of Jesus, as you should be able, with a childlike confidence, saying, Yes, Jesus, thou hast called me, and I have followed thee. And the very sweetness of God has breathed into your soul a whisper you hardly dared to listen to. Thou art mine. I have chosen thee. Thou hast followed me. I am thy reward exceeding great. To you who are following Jesus, in pain it may be, and exceeding suffering, I would say, take courage, persevere bravely to the end. The reward will come, and the reward is indeed exceeding great. Cling close to our Lord. You have no doubt trials hard for poor human nature to bear. But remember, Jesus is looking upon you with love. It is very hard for us at times, strange to say, to believe in that love. We cannot say to ourselves confidently, I am loved. But it would be a great help to us if we could realize that divine love is really watching over us, and that the voice of our good God himself tells us, I have graven thee in my hands, thy walls are ever before my eyes. I believe at the present time there is a great deal of suffering in God's church. The spouse of Christ 
is now being mystically crucified. Those who love our Lord best are suffering with his spouse, and Satan seems to have been permitted to exert a strange power. We more than ever need to place our whole trust in God, who alone can help us, and to say, Though he should slay me, yet will I trust him. Courage, then, faithful ones of Jesus. After the crucifixion, soon, very soon, came the resurrection. Thank God. Thank God there are many following generously the call of our Lord. But likewise are there many who neglect that call. I believe that there are many who have turned a deaf ear to the sweet voice that said, Come, who have answered the loving look by a cold glance, by an averted face. To you who have done this, I would speak a word. The young man in the gospel, who sought to know what he must do to be perfect, when he had had the gracious invitation given him by our Lord to follow him, responded not to that call, to the grand vocation offered him. What is the opinion of some doctors of the church regarding the ultimate fate of that young man? They think that he was lost. They argue so from the words of our Lord. Either way, whether saved or lost, he sadly grieved the heart of Jesus. To miss the place in heaven, the height of glory we might have attained, is to rob God of the glory we might have given him in a way we little understand on earth. I believe frustrated vocations to be more common than is generally supposed. Parents and other relations are certainly wrong in the violent opposition so many make to the vocation of those belonging to them, and not infrequently, when those they oppose give way, they are punished by the fall or misfortunes in their worldly state of those whom God had called to His service alone. But I repeat again, if those who have felt this call from God keep their will steady, if they perform well their religious duties and the duties of the state of life they are then in, if they are persevering in prayer, most certainly there will be a way opened to enable them to follow their vocation at some time of their lives. Parents who have opposed the vocation of your children, think of this. Remember, if your children are faithful to God, their prayers will be answered in a way you and they reckon not of. Then beseech God to change your resolution. He beholds your will. He sees the tenacity with which you adhere to the determination not to give to God what He asks of you, what it should make your heart rejoice to be able to give Him. God observes your will, and sooner would He shorten the time allotted to you on earth for the exercise of your free will than not answer the prayer of those who are dear to Him and whom He would make dearer still. Their prayer is that he may remove the difficulties surrounding them. They think not how it may be answered, but God is master of life and death. 
On your deathbed, your children might pray that your life might be prolonged, and he would not listen. He does not force the will opposed to him, but he can and will stop the exercise of it. To return to the sad example of a lost vocation given us in the Gospel, up to the present day that story has been again and again repeated in various ways. Many who cared not for suffering, poverty, or any personal sacrifice have failed through disobedience, temptations of the devil, self-love, or a want of perseverance and courage in what appeared to them insuperable difficulties. Many not called to a religious vocation fail to follow the whisperings of God's Holy Spirit, leading them to a life of perfection in the world, leading them to be apostles in the world, preparing them for some work of God of which they may not for years have the slightest idea. This has been taken from Devotion for the Dying, Mary's Call to Her Loving Children by Venerable Mother Mary Potter, published by Tan Books. For more information, call 1-800-437-5876 or find them on the web at www.tanbooks.com. This work is in the public domain.